Welcome back to Unedited. So I recommended two movies last week. One was called The Wages of Fear, and the other was called Sorcerer. I'll talk about Sorcerer first because of the two movies. Uh, I saw Sorcerer before I saw the original movie. So why, why did I watch Sorcerer? Um, it was actually a recommendation on the Mark Remote Film Club back in the day. Uh, he used to do some film recommendations on his video blog. And uh, the video blog is not active anymore. But uh, this is where I got his recommendation from. And uh, he also had recommended the movie Breathless with Richard Gere, which is what I talked a little bit about in my previous podcast. Um, Sorcerer is a pretty good movie. Uh, it's directed by William Friedkin. Uh, but unfortunately, it came out at the same time as Star Wars. It was released on the same day, so uh, nobody really watched the movie when it came out at the time. Um, basic story is four unfavorable characters from around the globe are brought together to transport nitroglycerin um, to put out an oil blaze. Um, they're gangsters, uh, kind of criminals, hitmen, terrorists. Um, this is their chance to maybe escape their life by handling this deadly cargo. So if they're successful in transporting their cargo, they'll get some hard cash to escape their life or make a new start. The film is probably best known for its soundtrack by Tangerine Dream. If you haven't seen the movie, definitely check out the soundtrack. It's excellent film soundtrack. So I watched Sorcerer first, and then a couple of months later, I watched Wages of Fear. Um, at the time, I, I had no idea that the, the two movies were connected. Uh, why I had watched Wages of Fear was because um, someone I talked to, I asked what their favorite movie was, which is a question I always like to ask people. Yeah, sometimes you don't have a favorite movie, or maybe you haven't seen your, your favorite movie yet. But yeah, his favorite was Wages of Fear, so I always like to check out people's favorite movie or what movie they love best just to see um, what it is and so I watched Rangers of Fear and I really loved it too uh, of the two movies probably I like Wages of Fear more that's not to say that Sorcerer isn't a good movie I think they're both excellent movies on their own merits Maybe it's difficult to describe everything about what I like for Wages of Fear, but just to pinpoint one scene in particular. Um, okay, spoilers for the move, boat movies. Uh, there's one scene in Sorcerer where one of the trucks tries off the edge of the road and crashes and explodes because they're carrying nitroglycerin and it's very dangerous of course so in the movie you actually see that 
you see the truck go off the road, you see it explode, and you see the shock in the driver's face as they realize they're going off the road. It's a great scene. Um, but in Wages of Fear, we don't actually see the truck going off the road. There, there are two trucks, and the truck following behind is uh, showing us the explosion from their other driver's perspective. And you don't just see the explosion. And one of the passengers is rolling a cigarette and he's putting his tobacco into the paper. And then suddenly the tobacco and paper blows away from his hand like a breeze of wind. And then they look into the distance and then they just see smoke billowing in the distance. And then you realize the other truck has gone off the road and crashed and exploded. And I thought it's just such a, a perfect scene to, to show that explosion without actually showing it. Uh, it's, fun. it's a very memorable scene. It always sticks in my mind even now. Um, so things like that is why I prefer Wages of Fear more than Sorcerer. It's kind of a little bit more um, show-don't-tell type of thing. You have to, I guess, uh, visualize or imagine the scene a little bit more. Um, but it's very good. Both movies are great. You should check them out. The cinematography in Sorcerer is fantastic. Um, so that's my recommendation from last week. Uh, definitely check out those movies if you have time. So my recommendation for this week is uh, something you can binge watch. Um, if you haven't seen them before, um, about checking out the Universal Monster Horror series. I'm not talking about the Dark Universe muck that came out a few years ago. I'm talking about the classic Universal Monster Horror series. The original Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man movies from the 1930s, 1940s onwards. Those represent the classic and still modern image of how we see those monsters today. If you ask a child to draw a picture of Frankenstein or Dracula or Invisible Man, I think those are the images that are most prevalent in culture even though maybe no one's seen them those images are kind of um, something that survive throughout each culture uh, why i recommend those movies is because i i think they're a lot of fun uh, i remember when i was a child i uh, maybe one rainy afternoon or day and uh, they were showing a marathon of the Invisible Man movies. I think it was on British Channel BBC Two, or maybe it was the UK Channel Four. But they showed them from the first movie. I think it was with Claude Rains, the Vincent Price movies, and so on. And I, even though I was quite young at the time, uh, I guess it's maybe twenty-five years ago or so. Uh, I was only a child when I watched them, but I just enjoyed them so much. 
and I found the concept so fascinating. And I rewatched the Invisible Man movies about 10, well, not 10 years ago. I say it's about eight years ago now. And luckily, they, they still hold up. I can completely understand what I liked about those movies when I was a child. And they're still as much fun uh, as they were when I first watched them. I think... Um, like the Invisible Man, he's he's kind of a mustache twirling villain in some ways, but um, it's fun character still. It's not too heavy or dark, um, so I think if you're watching a movie with younger children, maybe those are good movies to binge watch with them. And I know maybe a lot of people think, why would young kids want to watch those? But like those movies were made in the 1930s. And I remember I was watching them, I guess it was the late 80s or early 90s when I first saw them. And I was absolutely fascinated by them. And even like now I have nephews and they're quite young, but sometimes if I'm watching a classic movie, they're kind of um, interested or fascinated, I guess, because it's a little bit unique to them. They've never seen anything like it. They have a lot of modern CGI and comic book hero movies and um, 3D animation. So I guess to see something like stop motion animation um, like, for example, I remember one time I was watching Mighty Joe Young, the original black and white version, which is stop motion version. And uh, yeah, they both came in and they sat down silently to the surprise of everyone else and just kind of um, couldn't take their eyes off it. So they really enjoyed it. And I, I really enjoyed watching it with them. It, it's great that movies that old can be timeless I think if you just sit down and I think in particular now if you just put away your iPhone or iPads for a moment and just give your attention to the movie it's a great experience so definitely I recommend those movies uh, if you would like something more thought provoking deeper story uh, then I think the Frankenstein movies are the way to go probably the first two are the best of course Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein um, but I really enjoyed Son of Frankenstein and the other sequels after that were Ghost of Frankenstein Frankenstein meets the Wolfman House of Frankenstein um, I'm not sure of Dracula as well. I think he is. Yes, he's in House of Dracula as well. So definitely check out those movies. I think they're probably the most uh, interesting to watch. And I think like definitely the character is one of the more interesting universal monsters compared to the, the creature or compared to 
Dracula in those move in those movies. Uh, Frankenstein is is one of the more tragic characters. That kind of uh, is compelling at the same time. Yeah, so check out those if you have the time. Yeah, speaking of the Invisible Man, I watched the 2020 version this past week. I was hoping to go see it at the cinema. Uh, it hadn't been released here yet. Then movie theaters were closed, and uh, before that, no more new movies were being released. So even if, if the theaters reopen, I don't think it will be released, or I don't think it will come back. So I decided to watch it on digital. Um, compared to the original Invisible Man movie, I mean the the nineteen thirties version, it, it's it's a very different story. Um, here it's it's portrayed from the victim's point of view. Um, what I mean is, it's more of a horror movie in that the Invisible Man doesn't have much characterization. It's more about the people he's after or chasing or trying to kill, um, which is which is fine because if you've seen the movie, a little bit of a spoiler uh, without saying too much. At the end of the movie, I think it, it sets up a potential sequel and I think uh, in the sequel the invisible person will be the focus of, of the sequel so uh, I hope they make a sequel it's really good I mean I think it made a hundred million or so in the US on what less than 10 million budget so it's it's definitely one i'd be interested to see it's it's interesting how they portray the invisible man i think it's a lot more psychological i think some points you you're not even sure yourself like is the character actually real or is it in someone's mind um that's an interesting way to do it and it's it's a cheaper way to do it um when you think about how they remade the, the mummy films and it was so much action and here it's such a small movie but it's very compelling and thrilling at the same time even though there's not a lot of action in it it's a very interesting story so yeah definitely check that out if you're interested in horror or those kind of um, monsters such as the invisible man I, I think definitely since the 1930s movie it's the best invisible man movie to come out uh, i remember it was like the hollow man a few years back and uh the Chevy Chase Invisible Man movies. Uh, you know, they were okay. But um, 
here I feel, yeah, they've got the formula right. And uh, I think there's a lot of potential uh, to continue after this movie. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what else they might come up with for, for these movies. So, yeah, that's what I watched. And I also watched um, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Um, it's kind of a return to form for Guy Ritchie. Although, like, he's never been off form. But uh, I think definitely he's directing talents. And I think uh, story-wise, we're definitely suited to more of these kind of gangster movies. And I watched Aladdin last year. Yeah, Aladdin is a very good movie. I, yeah, I didn't imagine that uh, Guy Ritchie would be suited to a Disney movie, but um, yeah, he did a very good job with that. But um, the movie he did before that, the King Arthur movie, didn't really enjoy that at all. Um, it was kind of crazy. And then before that, he did The Man from Uncle wasn't really impressed with that either um i like the sherlock holmes movie it's it's not amazing sherlock holmes but it's it's entertaining sherlock holmes um but yeah gentleman i think is probably one of the best movies he's done in a few years uh like if you think of the other gangster movie he did before that I think it was Rock and Roller. It didn't get really rave reviews, Rock and Roller. So I think uh, The Gentleman, it, it feels closer to <clears throat> Snatch and uh, Lockstock to Smoking Barrels. So if you enjoy those movies, yeah, check out The Gentleman. It's got a Really great cast. Uh, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, very entertaining to see those guys together in a movie. And uh, with guys Richie, Guy Ritchie's directing and the story. Yeah, excellent. Uh, besides that, I haven't been watching too many other movies. Uh, I watched a few episodes of Tiger King. Don't really get what the appeal is about that. Uh, I don't know why it's so popular. Um, it's just those those people in that documentary are so crazy. Um, like, why would you want to watch them? Okay, I, I did watch a few episodes though. I was, uh, but mainly because so many people were talking about it. Um, but it, it, it's so the people in it are just so unreal I I almost find it hard to believe that this is reality and those people exist because they're such larger than life type of personalities and uh, how the documentary portrays them as 
like one you think one person is bad and then it just goes to a whole other level of bad and crazy and uh, I, it's yeah it's like people who slow down when they're passing by a car crash to, to see what happened it, it's kind of like that so yeah if you like looking at car crashes I guess it's it's worth watching but yeah I didn't see any I didn't really see the appeal of it not for it to be the number one show on Netflix anyway uh, last night I was watching a movie called Hangover Square it's a black and white 1945 movie uh, I think not many people would know it but um pretty easy to find. I watched it on uh, YouTube uh, if you want to check it out there. It's only about uh, 77 minutes so if you're looking for a short movie to watch, uh, yeah, watch that one. The film has music composed by Bernard Herrmann who is known for his Alfred Hitchcock uh, movies for music he composed for them and uh, it's excellent movie actually Hangover Square uh, even though the name is Hangover Square it doesn't really have anything to do with drinking um, there's only maybe one line in the movie that, that mentions the point of Hangover Square and it has no relation to the rest of the movie. It's kind of a throwaway line, so I'm not really sure why they called the movie that. Um, but the main character is also a composer. Uh, he is dealing with a lot of stress while he's writing his music, and he has kind of blackouts where he loses his memory sometimes for a few hours, sometimes for possibly a day. At the beginning of the movie, he comes back home with a cut on his forehead and a knife in his jacket. And he, think, he thinks he's done something terrible. Uh, he hasn't. But uh, that sets up the story for him, um, involving him losing his memory, not realizing what he's done and uh, he's told by doctors to take a break from his work and he meets uh, a singer who tries to take advantage of him and have him write songs for her and the relationship is uh, quite stressful for him so it leads to more memory losses and uh, yeah the story goes from there um, but I think the main thing I got out of the movie was the music uh, the themes music uh, you, you, you can hear parts of later compositions like uh, you can hear bits of vertigo in, in the music this movie and you can even hear like a few bits of Taxi Driver in this movie as well 
something like it predates both of those movies by quite a number of years so it's really interesting to see that to trace the line from this movie to those movies and I think the movie itself is so much about music and because the main character is a composer also so that kind of really works its way into the plot I think that the music is a big part of this movie and fantastic movie actually I didn't expect it to be as good as it was but uh, yeah by the end I was kind of blown away and um, a large part of that is because of Bernard Herrmann's score for this movie so if you love movie themes movie music uh, check it this one out Hangover Square and beyond movies I was watching animation. I watched Space Battleship Yamato 2199. It's a remake of the original 1970s animated series. Um, in America, it's called Star Blazers. Um, remake is very pretty. It's well animated. It's like computer generated imagery graphics maybe some cell shading as well uh, it's 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 decent series I think a lot of people would enjoy it I didn't get much out of it because it's basically a remake of the original and I don't like the animation style even though it's very beautiful, I, I don't like the kind of washed out colors or the design of characters. Uh, male and female characters look very feminine in their designs. I thought the characters overall on the Yamato are even more infallible than they were in the 1970s series. Uh, I think it it's just lacking a little bit of heart compared to the 70 series but the 70 series is quite memorable it has a really strong 70s vibe to it with the music and animation style but the story is quite interesting especially as you get to the last 10 episodes of the original series it gets really really good kind of the story like uh, leaving the earth to travel into the depths of space to find a solution or find a cure or stop some alien enemy was reused again in other sci-fi series it was reused in the Babylon 5 spin-off crusade and Star Trek Enterprise Season 3 uses the same idea. Uh, the Earth is attacked. One ship goes out to track down who did it and go to their homeworld and stop the aliens from uh, destroying the planet. Same in Crusade. Uh, a virus is released on the planet 
and uh, the ship has five years to find a cure. A crusade was cancelled after, I think, less than a full season. So we never really saw the conclusion to that story. But I believe, based on what was planned, uh, they actually find the cure within a year. But then there's some other bigger threat that they have to deal with. So it, the whole series wasn't going to be just about that. Enterprise season three did it pretty well. I, I, I think it kind of follows the same pattern as Yamato. I think where they both end up at the end, the ship is heavily damaged crew are pushed to the brink. They both finally succeed in the end, of course, but um, yeah, some interesting parallels between both series. So that's what I've been watching TV and movies. So uh, that's all on that. I can't think of anything else I've watched. So until next time, Take care and have a good week.